You're listening to the Cornerstone Chapel High School Youth Ministry. Let's head into the service for this week's message. I am ready to study Galatians chapter 1. Who's with me? Okay, there we go. Let's turn our Bibles to Galatians chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 10. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. Last week we studied uh, God as our deliverer. There was an attribute, a characteristic of God in chapter 1, verse 4. It says, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. God as our deliverer. He's our rescuer. And then next week we're going to see another characteristic of God. And the week after that we're going to see another one. But for today we're going to still stick in chapter 1 because I feel like this is a great topic to talk about for this morning because it hits all areas of our life. It hits every age of every person. This, this uh, topic on pleasing people. Pleasing people or pleasing God. That's our study for today. Who you pleasing? All right? Who you pleasing? Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. It's just one verse, but it's very powerful. Very powerful. And I want to take this to heart. I want all the cell phones talking to be put aside. We're going to study God's word for this morning. And it's the question that all of us need to ask. All of, the, all of us need to ask the question this morning before we start our study. Is my goal, is my number one goal to please other people or is my goal to please God? What is your goal? You're either going to do one or the other. You're going to strive to please God or you're always going to look to please other people. So let's look at verse 10 of Galatians chapter 1, one verse, very powerful though. Paul says this, am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. That's powerful. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for everyone coming here and meeting together. Lord, we thank you for the worship that we can just sing to you through song. And now, we, Lord, we, we want to praise your name through the reading of your word. I pray that we would learn something new today. Lord, that this topic of pleasing people or pleasing you, it's very powerful, very heavy. And we need to ask the question to ourselves, Lord, who are we pleasing? Who are we ultimately pleasing? So Lord, go before us now as we study your word, we pray for your love, your peace, and we thank you for your presence that you were here this morning. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. All right, I want a show of hands. I want a show of hands if you consider yourself a people pleaser. If you consider yourself a people pleaser, you need to kind of please everyone, you want everyone to be happy, you just kind of want the good for everyone, and you, you'll think of others, people pleasers, okay. Okay, we've got the honest people, yeah? The other ones are just putting their hands down. You guys, I don't know what's up with that. You just want to please yourself or something? I don't get it. But most of you that raised your hand, you're, you're a type of people pleaser. Now, I'm a people pleaser too. Now, there's a balance. There's, there's good pleasing for people, then there can be bad pleasing for people. So everyone that raised their hand, you are, you're saying that you want everyone to kind of be happy. You want everyone to be okay, you want everyone to kind of be on your good side, you want to make people feel good, you don't want to disappoint anyone. Here's the big thing, if you've got two groups of friends that are meeting up at the same night, maybe they're going to hang out, see a movie, or just hang out in public, and you've got two groups of friends that you're a part of, kind of, kind of like little cliques or whatever, and you've got to choose which group to hang out with. Very tough decision. You must choose which group you must hang out with. And sometimes there is no, hey, I'll meet with you for like an hour, then I'll go to this next group and meet. No, no, no. You are given now the choice to meet with one or the other. Who are you going to please? Which group are you going to choose? Very tough decision. 
And I am very indecisive. I don't know who, anybody in this room indecisive. It's hard to make a decision. You just want to kind of please people. You want to consider your options. <laughs> I love that phrase. I want to just consider my options and see what else is out there. But there's this point where where's the fine line of pleasing others in a good way, but pleasing others the wrong way. Now this can stress us out if we have to consider our options or try to please everyone. This will wear and tear on you. Mentally, physically, and emotionally, this can just wear on us and tear on us. We cannot please everybody all the time. Even though maybe our heart is really out for them and we just really do want to please them in a good way. But ultimately, we cannot please people all the time. It'll wear and tear on us. But ask yourself, when it comes to your spiritual life and your faith in Jesus Christ, what are you going to do about that? Do you still try to please people because of what they might think of you? Are you going to try to please them because you're kind of nervous that they may know that you're a Christian? And so you're going to try to please them because you don't want them to think that of you. We have to ask ourselves this. Paul says, am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? He's asking a hypothetical question. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? What matters most? He said, or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not, not be a servant of Christ. If I were still trying to please men, Church of Galatia, I would not be a servant of Christ. Don't call me a servant of Christ if I'm still trying to please men and not please God. It is all about God. Proverbs 29, 25, you can write this down, great verse. Proverbs 29, 25 says, Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Translation basically is the fear of man, if you're always kind of afraid of what people might think of you because you're a Christian, it's always going to prove wrong. We can't please man. We can't please people. It says, whoever fears man is going to prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts the Lord is kept safe. Who are we trying to please now? Are we trying to please what people might think of us because we're not hip, we're not in the in crowd, if you will, or are we trying to please God, what he wants best for us, what he knows what's best for us? Matthew 6, 24, Jesus would say this, you cannot serve two masters. You can't serve two masters. You can't start pleasing people all the time and at the same time pleasing God. You have to choose. I have to choose. i got to make a choice. Whether I want to go down that road and start pleasing everybody so everyone likes me and I get to fit in, or am I just going to please God, which may mean some people may not like me and I may lose some friends. What's worth it in the end? If friends start leaving you and abandoning you, then they probably weren't your friends to begin with. A true friend is going to stick closer than a brother. That's what Proverbs tells us also. So ask yourself, Am I trying to please people so that they like me better, that I fit in, that I'm accepted, or am I just going to try to please God and what he wants best for us, what's best for me? It's a question we all need to ask. What's your goal? What's your priority in life, pleasing God or pleasing people? It's a question we all need to ask. Paul knew. Paul was harsh with the Galatian church. He's saying, look, I'm not trying to please anybody. My focus is Jesus. My focus is Jesus. He's the only person I want to please. If people have a problem with the way I'm spreading the gospel, then they have a problem. I'm not going to try to twist the gospel just so that they accept me. This is what we all go through. But I want to talk about three bullet points after asking yourselves, do I act a certain way because of what people might think of me? Do I dress a certain way because of what people may think of me? Do I hang out with this type of group so that people think I'm cool, that I get to fit in? Do I talk a certain way because of what people might think of me? 
we have to ask ourselves these questions. That's a miserable way to live. It is. Trying to please others is a miserable way to live. If we're trying to drive the cool car, if we're trying to dress the, the most hip, if we're trying to be around the, the most popular people, who are we trying to please? And what are we trying to prove? There's three things I want to talk about that, I, that I've written down on the screen that I want to kind of go over. Three reasons that we tend to please people. Three reasons, and it goes back to the heart, of why we tend to kind of please people. Now, we're all people in this sense, but again, I'm going to assume most of you are Christian people, that we're saved. So even though we're all human still, we understand now, as a Christian, there's going to be some guidelines in the way we need to live now to please the Lord and not starting to please others. The reason we tend to please people is, number one, for popularity. Popularity basically is seeking attention from others. It's looking good on the outside. It's all about me. Look at me. It's attention. I want attention. I want to be popular. I want to be noticed. I want to be famous. It's the number one thing why people want to please others. They want to have popularity of some sort. The definition for popularity basically is the state or condition of being liked, admired, or supported by many people. The condition or state of being liked, admired, or supported by many people. Now some people naturally will just gain popularity either because they're talented on the football team or they're just a really good singer or they're just well-liked in school and maybe they've gained popularity not by seeking it, but by just, it just naturally has happened. I, I understand that. Sometimes you can't, if, if some of you say, well, I kind of just am popular just because I haven't really done anything. I just, I just, I don't know, it just happened. Look, okay, that may happen. But if we're seeking after popularity, that's where it's going to be wrong. Pleasing people for popularity is just wrong. We don't need to seek popularity. We need to be seeking Jesus and what he calls us to. We need to seek him and be popular with God. Asking yourself, do I tend to please people just because I want to be noticed or liked or admired or famous in my school? And if that's what you're seeking, then it just goes back to you. It goes back to self. You're promoting self. Do people see Jesus through that? I don't think so. People need to see Jesus through your way of living in a humility, God-loving, righteous way. So that's number one. We're going to try to seek popularity by pleasing people. Number two, the way we can please people is because peer pressure. The big PP, all right? I'm not talking about the other PP, okay? This is the big PP. Peer pressure. Did he just say PP? Yeah, so I did. Peer pressure, it's a big one, all right? The way we tend to please people is by peer pressure. Someone is nagging you, telling you to do this. You feel pressured now by your peers. Oh, I gotta look good, I gotta make them like me, I gotta be noticed, I gotta be accepted, so I must, I gotta do this, all right? When you know it's wrong, that's peer pressure. Peer pressure is basically trying to fit in with the crowd. Trying to fit in with the crowd. You're giving in to pressure. People are telling you, hey, come on, just hang out with us. Go, go say these words. Go be with that group. You know, go do that thing. Go steal that thing. Come on. It's just peer pressure. It's peer pressure. We all go through it. And if you think you, you get out of it when you graduate from high school, think again. It keeps going up the ladder, all right? Into college, into your workplace, work into the home. You're pressured. You, uh, we go through this. It's trying to fit in. So that's one way we can tend to please people. If we want to look good, if we want people to like us, we're going to give in to peer pressure. God wants us to please him rather than please people, which means walking away from the peer pressure, saying, no, I'm not going to do that. A lot of us have trouble saying the word no. We do. 
We have a lot of trouble saying that word. It's a good word if you use it right. It's a great word. You, you'll like it when you're a parent. You know, I'm not a parent yet, but I, I'm ready to say no when my kids ask me for those big questions. When they're five years old and this technolo technology age is rampant now and we're gonna have like an iPhone 12 when I have a kid or something. Daddy, can I have an iPhone 12? Uh, <laughs> let me think about that. No, no. Daddy, can I have an iPhone 15? He's now like seven or eight. Um, <laughs> wow, that's a good, no. <laughs> He's now 30, Daddy, can I have an iPhone 35? Get out of my house, anyway. <laughs> it's okay to say no to peer pressure, all right? So number two, the way we can start pleasing people is either popularity or number two, giving in to peer pressure. Giving in to peer pressure. How are you gonna handle it when people ask you to say these things, when people ask you to do these things, when people ask you to act this way or hang out with us just so that you look good, just so that you fit in? It's okay to say no sometimes. Like, I was given into big peer pressure one time. I was a sophomore in high school. I still remember it. I was in, uh, I was in, um, no, I was a freshman. I was in Miss Francis's class at Lowndes County High School. Anybody have Miss Francis? Yeah, yeah, yes. She loved me, and I had a great impersonation of her, but I won't do it today. And she, she loved it. I, but Miss Francis, we were in her class. Then we had to go to the, like, the lab stations or whatever, and I, I'm trying to remember my earth science class, and we had to just do some sort of paperwork, and we all had to gather around those like laboratory tables. You guys still have those? It's just like the black, big, round tables behind the chairs. We're doing our work, and, you know, I consider this guy like a friend. You know, he wasn't a Christian, but, you know, he was a nice guy. I, he would, you know, he'd say the words, or I know he would hang out with, but I, I just like would, you know, joke and hang with him, but I wouldn't like, you know, hang out with him in that, in that sense where I'm starting to be like him. So anyway, we're, we're doing our work, and he, he says, hey, dude, I heard that you don't cuss. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't. It's just like, what, what is he, like, who asks that? Okay, I heard that you don't cuss. Yeah, okay, sorry, I just use a better vocabulary than you. And I'm just like, okay, what, what, why is he asking me this? And he's like, dude, come on, just say one. And I actually said this, what would you like me to say? <laughs> he told me, he was like, say the F-bomb. Hmm, um, how do you want me to say it? <laughs> I kept asking him questions. I'm like, I am nervous, sweating right now. Sweat is dripping down my neck to my spine to my buttocks all the way down to my ankle. And I'm like, um, what was the word again? <laughs> Now, he said the word. He said it. Say it. Oh. How do you want me to say it in, like, what kind of sentence do you want me to say it in? Dude, just say it. No, I, no, I don't think I can. And I had to say no. He's like, come on. Really? Just say it. Now, there's another friend of mine who's a non-Christian, too, and he's like, dude, if he doesn't want to say the F-bomb, don't let him say it. It's okay. We say it all the time, but he doesn't say it. It's all right. Now, he got it. And I said, thank you, that's what I was trying to say. Thank you, non-saved friend, um, who says the F-bomb every other word also, but understands that me as a Christian can't say it. He got it. The other guy said, okay, um, fine, that's fine. And he kind of backed off. He respected me after that. And no joke, I am not kidding. He has started to attend here at Cornerstone. 
Isn't that awesome? Not kidding. He really has. Um, he's come. He's come often. And when you're a Christian, you you you're Jesus to them. They they will see that. And, all, and then they start just coming here at Cornerstone. I'm like, hey, dude, that tried to get me to smoke pot. Hey, dude, that tried to make me say the f bomb. Welcome to Cornerstone. <laughs> you get it now? <laughs> and now he gets it. He gets it. It's so it's so amazing just to to see that and. And, and honestly, saying no to peer pressure, really, it's going gonna, it's gonna to reap a harvest. You're going to see the effects. So try it sometime. Someone ask you to do something? No. Then walk away. It's a great medicine. Try it. You'll love it. Number three, number three, the one thing we can do for pleasing people is because of pride. That's probably the number one thing. And you can take all three of these things and mesh it into pride. It is probably ultimately about pride the way we want to please people. Now, pride is basically uh, the, the opposite of humility. It's saying it's, it's about me, it's what I want, it's the only way, puffs you up, that's what pride is. Because of pride, it's, you're saying it's all about me and what people think of me. So number one, if you're trying to please people because you want to be popular, think again. If you're trying to please people because you're given into peer pressure, just say no. And if you're pleasing people because you want to look good and it's because of pride and it's all about me, you better think again because this is the one thing that God's going to oppose. God's word says, clearly in James and in Proverbs, you can read it later when you go home, but he says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. If you're humble through this, by a right way of pleasing people, then he's going to give you grace for that. But if you start doing the, the wrong way by wanting to be popular or you give in to peer pressure because you don't have the guts to say no, or you now have pride and it puffs you up and it's saying, you're saying it's all about me. God's going to oppose that. He's not going to bless you for that. God doesn't have to bless us for the pride that we keep in our hearts. So those are the three things that we need to ask ourselves. Am I trying to be popular? Do I give in to peer pressure? And do I have pride in my life that I need to give away because God opposes that? But I do want to talk about ways we can now please God because here's the, here's the, the opposite thing. Are we trying to please people? These are things we shouldn't do. We ultimately need to be pleasing God. These are things that we need to be doing by pleasing God. You may ask, how do I please God? How, how do I do that? How, how is God pleased by, by what I do? What, what do I need to do to please God? Here's three things, three simple things, pretty much the, the basics of how we can please God, and it comes straight out of his word, what God tells us. Number one, by pleasing God, it's by faith. Pleasing God by faith. Really, by faith? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says this, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. Interesting. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. The writer keeps going and says, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. If you want to please God, have faith in him. It's by faith. It's by faith you've been saved through grace. Bible says it's impossible to please God if you don't have faith in him. God wants us to come with him with faith, pleasing him in all that we can do, having faith in him, trusting in him, reading his word, because if we don't, it's going to be impossible to please him. That's what his word says. It's all about faith to please God. Number two, to please him is by fearing him. Now, fearing him, what, what does that mean? By like being afraid of him? By kind of just being like, oh, he's the boogeyman? No, here we go. Psalm 147, verse 11, tells us this. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope 
in his unfailing love. The Bible tells us to fear God, and then not because it's good for him, but because it's good for us. It's out of reverence and respect for who he is. You're acknowledging that God is who he says he is and that he can do anything that he wants. He will not be mocked. He is the creator of the universe. He is the ultimate savior, supreme being of the universe. And having a righteous fear of him is a good, healthy thing. Not that you're afraid, really, that he's going to get out, get you and, and kill you and do something crazy, but a fear and reverence and respect for who he is. You're acknowledging that he is God and that he will not be mocked. He is God. He's created you. He's the supreme being of the universe. He's the king. That is a righteous, holy fear of who God is. You're acknowledging him that he is savior. You're acknowledging him publicly that he is the king, that he's savior. You're not afraid to say that. It is a fear, respect out of him. Almost a fear that, you know, God can do anything he wants. Not that he will do everything he wants, but he can. It's that holy, righteous fear that you have for God. That's going to please him. That's what his word says. The Lord delights in those who fear him. Who fear him. Do you have a holy fear for God? Do you respect him in a holy way that he is God? He's God. He's not just father. He's not just savior. He is God. The all-surpassing one, the everlasting one, the savior of the universe, the king. He's God. Let's have a holy fear for him. And number three, to please God, is by following him. By following him. Now, following can mean a lot of things, and I wrote three down that what it means to really follow Jesus. You have to have faith, you have to fear him, now you have to follow him. Number one, following Jesus means to follow his example, the way he lived, and imitate that. Following the way he lived, his example when he was on earth 2,000 years ago. He was a human being. He was, he was a living man. He really lived on this earth 2,000 years ago. It's a fact. Can't erase that. So what does it mean? 1 Peter 2.21, it says, To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Christ died. He suffered for you. He lived a life of righteousness, of truth, obedience to the Father, of love, and we should take example of that. We should take note of that. We should follow after that. That's one way we can follow Jesus, to follow his example. Another way we can follow Jesus is obeying his word. You want to follow Jesus? Obey his word. Obey what the Bible says. It says here in John 14, 15, Jesus said this, if you love me, if you love me, you will obey what I command. He said that to his disciples. He's going to say that to all of us. If you truly love me, you're going to obey what I command. You're going to obey my commandments if you love me. So if you claim that you love Jesus, 1 John is very explicit on this. Read 1 John when you go home. Talking about if you claim to love Jesus, if you claim to have a relationship with Jesus, but there's no love, it's nothing. We need to love God and follow his example, but obey what he commands. Obeying him means to love him. Loving him means to obey him. Obey what he says, John 14, 15. Another last thing to following Jesus, it means doing his will. Doing his will. So again, following Jesus means to follow his example. Following Jesus means to obey his word. Following Jesus means to do his will. Do what he asks of you. To do what he says in your life. I love this verse. Hebrews 13, 21. It says, may God equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him. Through Jesus Christ, to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. 
The writer of Hebrews says, may God equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him. So God's going to equip you for what he wants in, in your life, for what he wants in my life. He's going to equip you for doing his will, because he loves you, has a plan for you. He's going to equip you for that, and he's going to do it in what pleases him, in what pleases him. So how do we follow Jesus? We follow his example, we obey his word, we do his will. I want to close with this verse and this psalm as we end this today's study about pleasing people or pleasing God. Here's a great psalm that David would write, Psalm 1914. Great psalm. It says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen? Live to please him. Live to please Jesus. People are going to fail you. People are going to fail me. It's never worth it in the end to just please people all the time. For what reason? To look good? To be cool? To be in the in crowd? To have some cool buddies? To be accepted? Find your identity in Jesus. He's going to accept you no matter what. So may the words of my mouth, what you say, and the meditation of my heart, your devotion to Jesus, be pleasing in his sight. He's our rock and our redeemer. Let's live to please Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. For additional teachings and to learn more about the Cornerstone Chapel Youth Group, visit us online at cornerstonechapel.net.